This is Joshua Bell with the Kilt and the Cloth. This was the sermon from June 26th, 2022, entitled 246 Years Later, preached by Sherry DeBoard. I really appreciate you doing it, Sherry. It was nice to be able to have a vacation and uh, knowing that the, the message was brought. So thank you very much. I hope you all enjoy. So, I just have to ask before we begin, I did this in the early service, and I'm going to ask, how many of you in here had the, uh, the opening song that we sang, how many of you had that played at your wedding, either as your processional or your recessional? Paul and ours did. Anybody else? It's a very popular song. I, I really like it. Um... The title of my sermon today is 246 Years Later. Uh, I thought I was going to be talking on the, the 3rd of July, but when I found out it was today, I decided I'm going to go ahead and give this uh, speech as well. Um, I've asked this before when I've been in here. You know, when I was in law school, I had a professor that asked every day when he walked in the classroom, he'd wipe his head like this and he'd say, do you love the law today? And we were all supposed to say yes. So I'm going to ask each of you today, do you love the Lord today? Yes. Good. The Declaration of Independence was signed on July the 4th, 1776. Uh, America had been at war with Britain for a little over a year at the time. It had been coming for quite some time. Um, when America was first settled in uh, the 1600s, there were two companies that came over. The first one was, it was all part of the London Company, and one group landed in Jamestown, and a few uh, days later, one landed in Maine. The one in Jamestown succeeded. The one in Maine did not succeed. Uh, they had a lot of death. Uh, many of the women and children passed away. Uh, but those that remained decided to return to England. And it wasn't until some years later that uh, a group uh, came to Plymouth. The reason that they came to America was they wanted the freedom to practice their religion. Up until this point, the only um, religion that the European countries had was Catholicism until the um, Reformation and uh, Martin Luther of course, disagreed with the Catholic Church and uh, split off from them, and King Henry VIII split off and, and started the Church of England. It was mandatory in England that you be a member of the Church of England. You were not given a choice on where you wanted to worship. Even the English um, Catholics were persecuted for their religion. Those that had um, subscribed to the Reformation and felt like 
neither the Church of England or the Lutheran Church um, met their um, beliefs, started small congregational churches. Um, they were, they wanted to be someplace where they could be free to worship. In 1606, King James I uh, agreed and they signed the uh, London Company Compact, which allowed these pilgrims, as we've referred to them, to come to uh, America and to establish their religions as they saw fit. And everything was working well until King Charles entered the picture and he realized that America was prospering and he created taxes. He needed more money and he began to tax everything. He had a, a tax on tea, uh, you know, which led to the Boston Tea Party. He had a tax on, I don't everything. Sugar uh, is another one. And finally, uh, the people in America were really upset about it. They, their cry was uh, no representation or no representation without taxation. What was really underlying in all of this is the fact that England, through the king, was putting pressure on the different uh, religious entities in the United States and trying to control how they worshiped. If you'll go back in history with me for just a little bit, um, prior to uh, England letting people come to America, the monarchs were, um, there were monarchs in almost every country in uh, Europe. They controlled the country, they controlled the religion, they controlled everything. Uh, if you were not royalty or nobility, you could not own land. Uh, which was another idea that uh, occurred here in America. Um, people like us, we just couldn't, um, we really didn't have a whole lot living in Europe or in England. Over here, we were able to prosper. We were able to um, build homes. We were able to own land. We were. Uh, able to uh, participate in agriculture. And all of this led up to uh, the, the time that we entered into the Revolutionary War. Now, the we all know the Declaration of Independence. I um, present today to you my belief that the Declaration of Independence was God-inspired and was directly uh, written from the principles of the Bible. Prior to the Declaration of Independence, there was a minister in uh, the town of Boston that uh, wrote a pamphlet uh, talking about the rights of the people that pamphlet somehow made it 
into the hands of the writers of the Declaration of Independence. You know, uh, we know that uh, Thomas Jefferson was the primary writer of the Declaration of Independence, but he had a uh, committee working with him. He was 33 years old when he wrote the Declaration of Independence. Um, it's been said that the Declaration of Independence is the promise to the people of America. And the Constitution of the United States is the fulfillment of that process. And so what I mean is that the Declaration of Independence um, stated what they believed were fundamental rights of uh, the people in America and what we should be entitled to. Um, America's founders were students of the Bible. A lot of people will argue with me on this and say they were deist, which is like an agnostic. Uh, they were not um, engaged in reading the Bible. My research and the things that I have found uh, show that that is not true. Now, during this period of time, in 1776, it was the end of the Enlightenment age. The Enlightenment age began in the 1500s, and we had uh, philosophers that were really getting into uh, different beliefs, different, um, they believed in individual rights, but they did not believe that there was a God. They believed that all of the individual rights came from man for man. Um, and the, uh, the Declaration of Independence did not, uh, did not state that. Um, they believed that their faith in God and his guidance is what led to the writing of the Declaration of Independence, and it was based on our Christian Judeo uh, teachings and learnings from the Bible. Um, one of the places that I looked at while I was uh, doing my research is the National Center for Congressional Studies. They have so many speeches and stories and sermons uh, that were written prior to the Declaration of Independence and also um, after the Declaration of Independence, which talks about uh, how the Bible is based on certain uh, principles of the, uh, of the Bible. The preamble to the Declaration of Independence states, when in the course of human events it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve political bands which have connected them to, with another, to assume among the powers of the earth and separate and equal stations to which the laws of nature and nature's God entitled them, a decent respect to the opinions of man, mankind requires that they should declare the causes which impel them to separation. That was the, that was the opening shot. Uh, Thomas Jefferson wanted uh, the king to know that uh, 
they were separating. There was a problem. Uh, if you look at Deuteronomy 32.8, um, if you look at Ezra 6.21, where it says the children of Israel, which were come again out of captivity, and all such as had separated themselves unto them from the filthiness of the heathen of the land, and to seek Lord God of Israel. Uh, Romans 2.14 tells us, For even the Gentiles, which have not the law, do by nature the things contained in the law, these, having not the law, are a law unto themselves, which show the work of the law written in their hearts, their conscience, also bearing witness, and their thoughts... Um, while accusing or else excusing one another. Psalms 19.7 talks about the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. First uh, Peter 3.15, But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and be ready always, to give an answer to every man that asketh you the reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. These are just some of the Bible verses that were used uh, when the Founding Fathers looked and wrote the preamble. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal that they are endowed by their creator, meaning God, with certain un unalienable rights, that among those are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Psalms 19.1 says, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth his handiwork. Genesis 1.27 So God created man in his own image, in the image of God created him, male and female created by him. Leviticus, 20, Leviticus 24, 22. Ye shall have one manner of law, as well for the stranger as for one of your own country, for I am the Lord your God. Romans 2.11, for there is no respect of persons with God. Genesis 9.6, Whoso sheddeth man's blood, by man shall his blood be shed, for in the image of God he made man. And Exodus gives us the Ten Commandments. Um, our I'm getting a little ahead of myself. This is not in the Declaration of Independence, but it, the Declaration of Independence being the promise leads up to this. The Ten Commandments are uh, in every, the law in every state and in our federal government. Um, thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not kill. Uh, Thou shalt not kill is found in the Oklahoma State Statutes at Title 21, Section 701.7. And that's called 
uh, homicide. Uh, it comes directly from Exodus. Um, Ecclesiastes 3.13, and also that every man should eat and drink and enjoy the good of all of his labor, it is a gift of God. Now, in the Declaration of Independence, it says that we are entitled to certain uh, rights, the right to liberty, the right to, life, right to life, and the right to pursue happiness. And I think um, Ecclesiastes is very prominent in what the Declaration of Independence says. In John Wycliffe's first English Bible that was written in 1384, the general uh, prologue states this purpose. This Bible is for the government of the people, by the people, and for the people. That was written in 1384. That whenever any form of government becomes destructive to these ends, it is the right of the people to alter or abolish it and to institute new government, laying its foundation on such principles and organizing its powers in such form as to them shall seem most likely to affect their safety and happiness. Leviticus 25.10 tells us, Ye shall hollow the fiftieth year and proclaim liberty throughout the land unto all of the inhabitants thereof. It shall be a jubilee unto you, and ye shall return every man unto his possession, and he shall return every man unto his family. Philippians 2, 2 through 4. Fulfill my joy that ye be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem the other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Prudence indeed shall dictate that governments long established should not be changed for light or for transient causes. And accordingly, all experience hath shown that mankind are more disposed to suffer while evils are sufferable than to right themselves by abolishing the forms to which they are accustomed. I hope you can see through the Declaration of Independence that <clears throat> there are uh, verse after verse in the Bible which support what they were doing. Uh, in Titus 3, 1 through 2, it says, Put them in mind to be subject to principalities and to powers, to obey magistrates, to be ready to every good work, speak evil of no man, to be no brawlers, but gentle, showing all meekness unto them. 
But when a long train of abuses and usurpations pursuing invariably the same object evinces a design to reduce them under absolute depotism, it is their right, it is their duty to throw off such government and to provide new guards for their future security. Such has been the patient sufferance of these colonies, and such is now the necessity which constrains them to alter their former systems of government. Isaiah 61, 1 through 3 states, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He hath sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptance, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all that mourn, to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil for joy of mourning, the garment for praise, for the light of the heavens, that they might be called trees of righteousness, planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. If you'll recall, this, the Declaration of Independence was written uh, more than a year after the, the Revolutionary War began. And I think it's very interesting that this passage from Isaiah 61 is in there because I believe it's talking about, it's referring to uh, the war at the time. We, therefore, the representatives of the United States of America in General Cong Congress assembled, appealing to the supreme judge of the world for the rectitude of our intentions do in thy name and by authority of the good people of these colonies solemnly publish and declare that these united colonies are and of right ought to be free and independent states, that they are absolved from all allegiance to the British crown, that all political connection between them and the state of Great Britain is and ought to be totally dissolved, that as free and independent states, they have full power to levy war, conclude peace, contract alliances, establish commerce, and to do all other acts and things in independent states may of rights do. And for the support of this declaration, we, with a firm reliance on the protection of divine providence, we mutually pledge to each other our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. So we begin talk in the Declaration of Independence. Uh, we're talking about uh, God and how uh, they've relied on God and God has shown them the way to become an independent nation. And in the final paragraph, it talks about appealing to the supreme judge of the world. Now that's a, a lofty way of saying God. Um, and another thing in the closing remarks in the Declaration of Independence that I find to be uh, just incredible is uh, they 
are supporting this declaration with a firm reliance on the protection of divine providence. Well, we know that means God. So they're relying upon God to do uh, and to follow him in what they're doing. But they mutually pledge to give their lives, their fortunes, and their sacred honor. It took some very brave men and very smart men uh, to write that, to pledge their lives, to pledge their fortunes, whatever their fortunes might have been, but their sacred honor. They didn't just say, we're, we're giving our, we're doing this honorably, or we're doing this uh, with honor. They said, with our sacred honor. To me, that means that they were relying upon God uh, in an honorable way to lead them forward. You know, 246 years ago, they didn't have computers. They didn't have the internet. Uh, they couldn't uh, hit Google on the computer and then type in, what does God say about this? Or what should I do based upon scripture? They were learned men that believed in God, that wanted a better life, a life that they had come to America to get, but it had become so opp oppressive by uh, the rulers in England that they wanted to be free, and they knew they wanted to be free because God was guiding them. And so the title of this is 246 Years Later. Well, we're still here. We're still a country. We are the most successful and the only successful country that has been in the world who is a democracy, who lets us have our freedoms, our freedom to worship here today, our freedom to assemble with those that we want to assemble with, uh, uh, to speak our mind when uh, we choose to, uh, to uh, keep and bear arms, to be safe from unreasonable search and seizures. You know, we, we can be, because of the Declaration of Independence, we were able to adopt the Constitution. And, you know, we, it, it's a great document. It's still living today after 246 years. Some of us may say, uh, our country is just going down the drain. I disagree. I think we're doing very well. Um, I think we ebb and flow like most things in life do. Um, but our country still stands. We're still able, able to uh, say the Pledge of Allegiance to the flag. We're still able to pray in our home or our churches. We're still able to um, vote. We're, there are so many things that God has blessed us with that we're able to do in this country. Other countries have tried to use our model and they failed. And so I think we're doing well. Um, 
we all know that on Friday there were three um, decisions from the United States Supreme Court. Uh, those decisions were very important, not because of uh, necessarily the content of those, but they're important because they give back to the states rights that should have been the state's rights all along. But somewhere along the way, um, our leaders decided to take those issues and make them federal issues. Uh, so whether you believe one way or the other, uh, I'm not arguing that, I'm, I'm not debating that. I'm just saying that our founding fathers, when writing the Declaration of Independence, wanted us to be free, a free nation that was controlled by local centralized governments rather than one uh, omnipotent government. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen.